strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending time as always. And the saga continues as former President Trump makes his way to New York tomorrow. We now know the timeline that President Trump will surrender tomorrow in a New York court. Let's get a little update. This is Aaron Katursky from ABC News. The indictment is sealed until then, so we don't know the actual charges. But the grand jury was asked to consider whether Trump may have disguised the 2016 hush payment to Stormy Daniels on his company's books. Once he arrives here at court, Trump is going to be placed under arrest. But unlike most other criminal defendants, he will not be in handcuffs when he's brought before a judge to enter a plea of not guilty. So this is going to be able to just based on what we all know and what we see, the former president is not going to shy away from this. It looks as if he's going to lean into it, that he is going to challenge at every turn. He is going to challenge this DA in New York, and he is getting support from places that seem a little bit odd. If you remember during the Republican primary in 2016, um, it was very contentious between President Trump and at the time candidate Donald Trump and the rest of the people on the dais. Uh, when there was probably, what, a dozen or so candidates together during a debate, they were all on stage together and they were asked, um, will all of you swear or promise to uh, to endorse the candidate if you're not the candidate? And everybody raised their hand except for Donald Trump. And And he got booed for that. And he said, I don't know who's going to win. And therefore, I can't make a promise that I don't want to keep. But everybody else raised their hand. And a lot of those very same people, when it came down to it, because of how contentious the primary got, a lot of those people did not endorse the president. And one of them was former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. And Jeb Bush came out this weekend and said this is amazingly political. Those That word amazingly is mine. But um, he did say it was a very political thing. There are many people that have not been um, supporters of per- the former president in his own party that are talking about the political nature of this. And I, there's been a big dust up. If you remember, there were a couple of different things that happened, um, and I've brought up a couple of times um, former President Clinton and what he did and the very people, including uh, Nancy Pelosi, defending the former president in Bill Clinton for his behavior. Is this about behavior or is this truly about criminality? So there was somebody made the comparison to Paula Jones. Now, Paula Jones sued uh, Bill Clinton over sexual harassment claims and some other things, and they settled for 800 $150,000. And the media has rightfully said it's not the same thing. The, ca- the facts of that case were already out there and they settled a lawsuit versus what Trump did was to keep the facts of the case from getting out, except they've gotten out. Those have gotten out. The other part of this is, was the $850,000 paid so she would shut up? Because I'm sure she signed a non-disclosure agreement. I'm sure she signed an NDA in order to take that $850,000. I mean, that that was what a lot of people um, – so I'm not equating the two straight across the board. I'm saying in the minds of the American people, this is seen to be very political. And how do they overcome that? Because we don't know what the charges are. There has been one account, I guess somebody over at CNN said it was leaked to them, that there are some 34 charges possibly against the former president. And I'm I'm anxious to see how this plays out because this is not the way that they thought it was going to go. This DA in New York ran on a platform of getting Donald Trump. Well, now there might be political insiders that like the idea of them getting him. But there are a lot of people that are saying you are setting this up to be a disaster. 
disaster. So the court is preparing. This is another more from Aaron Katursky talking about how they're preparing for the former president to show up. There will be no other court proceedings on the 15th floor here while Trump is inside. And many other cases in the building have been adjourned to reduce foot traffic. The streets around here will all be closed. This is one of the busiest courthouses in the country, yet it's preparing for something never seen before, the arraignment of a former American president. So let's go to uh, the next thing, the American people, the poll on Americans. How are Americans viewing this? This is ABC, but this time it's Rick Klein. Almost all Democrats feel like charges are appropriate, that that President Trump should have been charged in this case. Independents are pretty deeply split. But maybe the most interesting part of this poll, to my mind, is the number of Republicans, especially given the conventional wisdom out there that this somehow helps Donald Trump in a Republican primary. Most Republicans think he should not be charged, but 16 percent say that he should be. And another 21 percent say they don't know quite yet. And that's the issue is that when you talk about this being political, there's a lot of people out there that myself included what Bill Clinton did as president of the United States, I thought was despicable to do as president. There are there are people out there saying about Donald Trump what precludes him from being president, the things he said about how he grabs women. He did it on a bus years before. But the very same people that were going after President Trump, this is where I think people have to be careful. I think this is where people have to make decisions. Because someday your decisions are going to are going to come back to haunt you. The very same people, the very people that defended former President Trump uh, Clinton and saying that what he did with Monica Lewinsky. But there was Jennifer Flowers. There was all of these other people as well. Um, but it was what happened. And it was also that I believed it was, you know, I'm not going to talk about rumors, but other facts of the case involving abortions and former President Clinton um, that when this broke, when the story broke about Monica Lewinsky, they bent over backwards to say that this doesn't affect his ability to be president. This is between him and his wife. Leave him alone and let him be president. And I thought that was hilarious. It happened in the White House while he was president. That was my personal feeling about it. Now, here we are all these years later. And I'm hearing people talk about former President Trump and how he's not qualified to be president because of what he said with a bunch of guys on a bus. But they defended Bill Clinton when he did what he did. My point is when if you are not going to call things out and I'm not always good at it, I'll be honest with you. I do my best to be intellectually honest about things when I see something wrong in my party. I may not be as emphatic about it, but I call it out. And the reason why is because someday those words will come back to haunt me that someday the other side of the aisle. So I I railed on the left, uh, Nancy Pelosi, specifically Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, about the way I bought, thought they used and abused the committees in the United States House of Representatives for four years with a partisan attack and investigation on former President Trump. I thought it was absurd. I thought it was a waste of money and it was a distraction from the important work of those two committees. Well, when it happened here in Arizona with the audit, I was in favor of an audit. But how do I in good conscience after going after a partisan hit job in Congress not say this looks exactly the same way? That's all I said. And it proved out and they hired a company that was ill-equipped to do the job, which turned out to be true. So all of the people now that are going after former President Trump and say he needs to be indicted, you better be careful because Republicans are going to have control probably sooner rather than later. And what happens when they start looking over other political campaign records? This is about did he write – not whether or not he had a right to write the check. 
but whether he wrote the check out of the right account. Should it have been a campaign thing? He says it was a family thing, and that's really what that part of it's about. Now, if there's 30-something other charges there, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be hard-pressed to defend anything. But right now, it appears very political to a lot of people. In a moment, we're going to uh, shift gears. Uh, Queen Creek begins a multi-million dollar expansion of their police department. Crime and punishment and what we're learning from Nashville coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, as always, we'd love to have you join us as we try to make a difference in our community. If you'd like to join the Action Alliance, and it's just an organization we started to do community service projects. It's very simple. We put them together. We organize them. All you have to do is show up uh, or sign up for them when the sign-up goes out. You don't have to come to everyone. Just pick the ones you want to. Text the word ACTION to 411923. We'll put you on the list. It's just that simple. We'll even send you a free T-shirt while supplies last. It's ACTION to 411923. So what are we learning? Uh, There are a couple of headlines. I love headlines. Um, Would-be robber attempts to stick up Chicago Auto Parts store manager shoots him dead. Uh, Queen Creek begins a multi-million dollar police expansion. Um, How Nashville prepared for the day it never wanted to face. Um, These are all some of the violent crime headlines. University Department urges support for students arrested for assaulting cops. This is University of South Florida. Um, we live in uh, we. I just think we live in a in a world of two different sets of rules. Um, I watched a video today. This wasn't America. This was in Canada. As a man who was talking about. Um, He's against the transgender surgeries and the rules for kids and things of that nature. And so he was in a public setting and there was a protest going on. And one of the protesters who was trans walked up and got in his face and was screaming in his face. And when the guy ignored this trans person, the trans person went hands on and tried to choke this guy, threw him to the ground. No one was arrested. I can tell you that that's two sets of rules because had it been the other way around, someone would have gone to jail. And that this is the problem we have with a lot of issues in our society. What happened in Nashville was a tragedy. Here's a headline. Staff at Nashville Christian schools were packing guns, according to a 911 call. So according to the call, there were members of staff that were armed at this small school. They didn't have armed security guards, but they had staff. We don't have security guards, but we have staff. So here's what the thrust of the story. It challenges the pro-gun activists who claim allowing teachers to carry is an easy recipe to end such violence. No one thinks there's any kind of an easy recipe to end anything. But there, there was a school that allowed some teachers to have guns, and they didn't stop the shooter. Therefore, the idea of guns on campus is a bad idea. That's what I laugh at in these stories. Hilarious. They have no idea what they're talking about. The plan moving forward in many school districts, including school districts in Arizona, are going to grapple with this. What do we do to keep places safe? 
Society is in a different place than it was 10 years ago, where it was 20 years ago. And we morph and change whenever things happen. There are different things happening in our streets. The drugs are more dangerous than they used to be. In the 1960s, the most dangerous drugs out there were LSD or or angel dust, which PCP. Those were the most dangerous drugs that we really knew anything about. Now it's fentanyl and other derivatives of that. And people are very concerned about how we how we go after these drugs, because all you have to do is make one mistake and ingest this drug the wrong way and you're dead. So it's not kids experimenting with drugs and partying in high school. Now it's deadly. And so we adjust. We find a way to adjust to it. And what we're seeing in schools now is schools don't have plans. The the threats are different. Now we have social media. Now we have the ability to have threats in multiple forms. Who is out there assessing those threats? Are there a crisis team of people trying to do things? And it is about people that are armed and able to do something about it if it happens on their campus. The idea that we shouldn't have guns in school because it's more death, no. This because what that does is it takes away from the gun control crowd's argument that if we put armed people on campuses with a plan in place and choke points and better security, that adds to the gun crowd's organ um, mantra of saying guns in the hands of good guys are a good thing. By the way, that video of the cops that took out that shooter. And and what I'm also being told is she didn't use an AR-15. She had a carbine. I don't know if that's true or not. Different type of gun completely if that's the case. But I do know that the police that stopped her had AR-15 shotguns and semi-automatic pistols. All of the things that people want to take away. Well, yeah, the police should have them. Really. But not the private citizens. And I just – the argument to me, I look at the violence on the increase across this country, and there's two things that attribute to it or contribute to it. One is that we don't have enough enforcement of the laws. What I mean by that is we are shortages of cops and shortages of prosecutors and sometimes political activists inside these prosecutors' offices that refuse to charge people with crimes. The other part that plays a role in this is the attitude toward policing. We had more cops shot at, again, here in Phoenix this weekend. The attitude, it used to be if you shot at a police officer, if you were willing to shoot at a cop, you were the most dangerous kind of criminal because you had absolutely no respect for anybody in authority. Now it's an everyday occurrence because our attitudes towards policing, what we've done is we have taken the heroes, we've made them the villains, and we've made the villains the heroes. You've got a college, university of South Florida that wants to bail out the people who have been arrested for beating up cops. It's absolutely absurd. In a moment, the education proposals at the state capitol continue. Are more rules necessary or are they prudent or will they cause more expense? We'll talk about teacher raises as well next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks again. Appreciate you spending some time anytime you can. Great story, uh, AZ Central. How Arizona schools operate from paying teachers to new rules is focus of proposals at the Capitol. Um, The governor has launched a new education grant to replace uh, the former governor, Ducey's AZ on Track summer program. And so we are going to talk a little bit more about that, especially the days and weeks go on. 
But um, there is a representative, a Republican from Phoenix named Matt Gress, that has a House bill called House Bill 2800. And he wants to guarantee raises for teachers of $10,000, 5000 this year, 5000 next year. And oddly, the Democrats in the House of Representatives are against this measure. Um, and one of the reasons why is because it doesn't encompass everybody. The other reason is it's unsustainable at this time. So I, I want you to think about this for a moment. Democrats, including four House members who are educators, argued that the $1.1 billion price tag is not sustainable in the very near future, which would force cuts to other parts of the school budget. But they also are upset that it doesn't encompass people that are not necessarily teachers, teachers, aides, other people, some in the classroom, most of them not. So on one hand, they're saying the problem with this is that it's so much money that it's unsustainable. And the other part of it is it doesn't pay enough people. So which is it? Does it need more money? Or does it need less money? Or is it that you just don't like the fact that Republicans are proposing this? So if you're a teacher out there, there is a reason why you've heard me go after AEA or AEU. That's the Arizona Educators United. That is the kind of the pretend union in Arizona. Um, this is why they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They go out to teachers and they say that we're in this for the educators. I'm the guy that they say is against teachers. I don't like educators. Well, let's 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 you know figure this out. Let's flush it out for just a moment. There is a proposal by a Republican to raise teacher pay again. Now it went up twenty percent over three years, beginning in 2018. And now we're talking about another $10,000 a year for teachers over a two-year period, all by Republicans. But the teachers union doesn't like it, A, because it doesn't encompass enough people that it should be teachers, aides, and bus drivers, and custodians, and not just teachers. Well, wouldn't it be if you were a teacher and you were paying dues into the AEU, you are giving them money to represent you, wouldn't you be a little upset about this? It's part of the reason why in 2018, Red for Ed had 77,000 people at the state capitol when they wanted to raise. They were already told they were going to get. And why now they get about a dozen people that show up screaming at an event down at the capitol building. Because this is how political they've gotten. Teachers are smart. Teachers are not stupid. They know when they're being represented because of what's in their best interest versus the political interest of leadership. But isn't that fascinating that there's a $10,000 raise on the table and Democrats in the state legislature are against it? We keep hearing that teacher pay is the key to obtaining and retaining good teachers. There's a proposal that the teachers themselves will get $10,000. The Democrats don't want to do it. Now, not all the Democrats, but a bunch of them when they are the ones that are saying Republicans don't like teachers. I didn't say that. Rebecca Gorelli, Union Becky. From the Arizona Educators United said that Republicans don't want to pay teachers. Well, that's just not true. The other part of this that they're lamenting is that there's more regulation being proposed, that there will have to be more accountability on expenditures from the education world. And there's one person in here. I'm trying to I want to see which educator this is. The administrative requirements. 
in this bill is also a complaint. There is a little disconnect there, said Greg Wyman, superintendent of the J.O. Combs Unified School District in the Southeast Valley. Wyman said school districts are already required to submit 43 reports ranging from financial data to performance audits to the number of meals served to students to various committees and departments. He said, you're going to see, this is a quote from the superintendent, you're going to see an increase in administrative costs if you continue to add on more things. Hang on a minute. So you mean to tell me that you're a capitalist, that you believe that more regulation on top of existing regulation that may be redundant is a bad thing. It's okay for the oil industry. It's okay for the fossil fuel industry. It's okay for manufacturing. It's okay for every private business out there in compliance. We need all that more regulation because if we don't have regulation and oversight, look what happened with the train derailments. We've bent over backwards trying to prove how the, uh, the decrease in regulation by the Trump administration caused that train derailment to happen. They had to admit it didn't, but they say that's part of the reason when you lower the standards, when you don't have the regulation that you need, bad things happen. Part of what Matt Gress wants, along with his raise for teachers, is more regulation in education, more reporting on how you're spending money. They don't want to cut other parts of education to pay teachers with the money they have or the new money they'll get. And they don't want to have to report what they're doing with that money. They sound like Republicans, right? This is the knock against people on my side of the aisle about education. Don't want to pay teachers. And we don't want any regulation. We want to lower the standards and lower regulation when bad things happen when you lower regulation. That's exactly what they're saying about this bill. Now, I don't know Matt Gress. I don't know if I've ever met him. I don't know him. But isn't it interesting that when we've watched this happen back in 2018, Governor Ducey, a Republican, we had a Republican legislature both in the House and the Senate with bigger majorities than we have right now. When the teachers came and said, we want a raise, the Ducey administration went to the legislature and said, we can do 20 percent. Can we get 20 percent? So the, the president of the Senate and the Speaker of the House went to their respective chambers and they said, yes, we can get to a 20 percent raise over three years, factoring in the 10 percent raise they're already going to get. And then another 10 percent over two years, we can get that money in their hands. So they promised it. And what the teachers union said, Red for Ed said, we don't believe you're going to do it. So we're going to protest in March anyway. So they did. 77,000 people strong at our state capitol. Keeping in mind that it was the Republicans that were the champions of this. Members of the AEA, AEU, Red for Ed, whatever you want to call them, tried to stop the parts of the budget that had to do with education from passing because they wanted to get a tax increase on the on the ballot. When they were unsuccessful in stopping the budget from being signed, they ran out to the podium where the teachers were gathered and said, you did this, they didn't. Congratulations, teachers. We were fighting for you the whole time. Now you've got teachers, hear me out here. And if you're a, if you're a teacher or you know someone that's a teacher, have them listen to this podcast and correct me if I'm wrong. This would give a 10 thousand dollar raise to teachers over a two-year period and there are people complaining that it doesn't encompass enough people and there might be added regulation for administrators to have to uh you know supply proof of how money's being spent so they are want to deny this raise to teachers while out of the other side of their mouth they say it's republicans that don't want to pay teachers you explain to me if you are an educator i would love to hear from you why you would give the AEU any of your money to represent you. That sounds like politics and not what's in the best interest of teachers.
That's what it sounds like to me. People have to decide for themselves, and I'm sure they will, but I thought you needed the update. Coming up in a moment, after the wet winter, are we in danger of a very dry month ahead? What happens with the drought? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. As always, appreciate you spending some time with us. A couple of headlines, so I like to start that way. March 2023 is the coldest March on record for Phoenix in 30 years. So which is it? Is it the coldest month on record, or is it the coldest month in 30 years? Um, spring came early. That's bad for Arizona's water supply. Um, both of these are from the Arizona Republic. And um, it, it just got me thinking. Here we are. We know we're in a drought. We've had a drought for a long time. Lake Mead, Lake Powell, very low levels. People are concerned. We know here in Arizona, the West Valley, the concerns of growth in the West Valley, having that 100-year plan. But what we got this winter is something, A, was predicted to be the exact opposite. Let's start there. Um, The experts at NOAA, that is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the branch of our government that predicts the weather, in October of last year said the winter in the desert southwest was going to be heavily drought-ridden. It was going to be dry and dangerous. That was the prediction. And we have had the wettest we've had in a very long time. So spring came early. A longer, warmer spring can stress water supplies in the West. The longer spring season may also produce ripple effects on agriculture as water demand will likely increase and growing seasons may shift. So even when we've had a spectacular winter, here we are now, April, today's April 3rd. Um, I believe this story was written for this morning, but if not, it was written within the last couple of days. April has begun. We are officially in those months. I believe it's April, May, and June are statistically the driest months historically in Arizona. And already the doom and gloomers are back out telling us how bad it's going to be. I think everybody that's been in Arizona a while, like myself, I think we realize that um, we have got to manage water. Arizona has done a phenomenal job. Going back to the days of Senator John Kyle, uh, when he was the junior senator, John McCain, years ago, before his retirement, which I, I really uh, I thought that uh, Senator Kyle was just one of the greatest assets this country had. And it was interesting. He was so well-respected on both sides of the aisle. And uh, it was a man that stood by his very conservative principles, but was one that could work everywhere to get things done, which is how the Central Arizona Project happened, how the Salt River Project, how we've been able to do things with water in Arizona, the storage of water underground, what we've done in Phoenix and other valley cities as they've grown, but doing a much better job of storing water. If you think about who you would say, if I said to you, where do the environmentalists really live? Do they live here in Arizona or do they live in California? Most people would say, well, California, of course, it's it's a it is a state that is led by the uh, environmentalists. Well, they have done a horrible job of storage, collecting and storing water. They are now lamenting that they've had this horrible winter with a lot of rain and a lot of flooding. But instead of getting any kind of a benefit from those storms, which would have been storage of water, the largest reservoir in California is in Southern California. It is 100 percent full. 
Here we are in Arizona now with all of our reservoirs being full. There is no drought condition anymore in Arizona right now. Things are going very, very well. I don't know of anybody that says, hey, let the water run now. Let's not worry about it. I don't think anybody's ever said that. But not much being said about how great our reprieve is and how great it is that we had such a wet winter. And, man, we sure hope we see it again. And this is where the naysayers always do this. After the monsoon, which was an, was not exceptional, but was a wet monsoon season, we saw some rain. The experts said this is good, but it's not great. Greatness comes from a wet winter. If we have a wet winter with a high snowpack, that runoff is really what's beneficial. So what we would need is not necessarily a wet monsoon. We would need a wet winter. That would be really helpful. And boom, here it comes, this big wet winter. We saw so much rain here, so much snow in the north. They've gotten snow later in the year than they normally do. Snow Bowl, um, all of these uh, resorts were, uh, were doing so well. But we also know the runoff is coming. The, uh, we already see that water had to be released from some of the weirs and the dams because we were seeing so much runoff from the rains. Now we get the runoff from the snow happening. And all of it's good news. That doesn't mean it's over, but here's the story. Spring came early. That's bad for Arizona's water supply. It's just laughable how they trip all over themselves to tell you that it's still bad. Um, One of the watersheds of the Colorado River with supplies 36% of water in Arizona, according to ASU, uh, says that even with average or above average precipitation in the basin in recent years, runoff has decreased, likely due to warmer weather, specifically in the springtime. Nobody's rejoicing yet about the tremendous snow and perception we had uh, this winter in the Colorado River Basin. It says perception. I imagine that's supposed to say precipitation. We may have a good snowpack and very good precipitation, but what it means for runoff really does depend on what happens in the spring. So we're not out of the woods. We're never out of the woods. There's never any good news because if there's good news, then we don't need these people doing what they do. I'm an environmentalist. I'm an environmentalist. I do what I'm asked to do. I recycle. I do the things that are going to help the planet. I don't litter. Um, I do those things. I want to see the herd strong. I want to see the forest brilliant and pristine. I want clean water and clean air. I just don't subscribe to the scare tactics. And it's always scary. It's always scary. What we're going to do just after 10 o'clock, we're going to go back to gas prices. The Saudis and the OPEC nations have decided to cut one million barrels of oil in production. What will that mean for the world? But more specifically, what will it mean for you? Next.